I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. See, I knew it. Sleeping naked is good for you. It says right here that sleeping naked can improve your ability to have restful sleep and in general, improve your overall health. When you sleep naked, your body's production of melatonin, which makes you sleepy, isn't hindered by clothing. See? I told you, Lady Wonderwench. Nothing worse than having your body's production of melatonin hindered by clothing. That's what I always say. <laughs> Women's clothing is always confusing to me. I mean, for example, why does a young woman need a training bra? What's she trying to train in herself? And, and why does a woman wear a blouse that buttons up the back? What kind of sense does that make? And I just saw an ad for a woman's clothing store. It said, underwear 40% off. Wow, I think that's a great idea. Sleeping naked is good for you. I looked up the word naked. Naked has a lot of the definitions. You can look it up in, in the Google if you want. One of the definitions of naked is, quote, without protection, end quote. I think that's the difference between underwear and lingerie. Underwear protects. Lingerie teases. And teasing can be sexy. I just found out that French guys like to sexy tease by wiping their Viagra parts with a handkerchief and then wearing that handkerchief in their breast pockets. Guess they have to go and stand upwind from a lady to make that slightly sweaty, sexy smell work. No, actually, you know what? I believe that if you think something like that works, very often it does, mainly because it makes you feel confident. And confident is sexy. Perfume works the same way for women, I think. Perfume teases, like lingerie. You know, a voices can be sexy, too. A voice doesn't have to be beautiful to be sexy. A voice just needs to sound unprotected to be sexy. Excellent example of this. Joe Cocker had a huge hit with a song called You Are So Beautiful to Me. He got that uh, idea going in his head when he was doing the recording. You are so beautiful to me. He got the idea of being there with a, with a beautiful, unprotected woman. And he got that idea so distinctly that his voice broke with the emotion at the end of the recording. That would have been a very simple thing to edit out that break and, and replace it with a more perfectly beautiful ending. But he left the break in. He had the guts the self-confidence to let his voice be unprotected. There are lots of famous unprotected voices. How about Louis Armstrong or Tony Tennille? Even some of the Lennon and McCartney songs are purposely imperfect and therefore unprotected. One of the biggest female singing stars of the 50s and early 60s was, was Joe Stafford. Joe Stafford was gorgeous. She understood that you can admire perfection but you can only love when there's some imperfection. So Joe Stafford pasted a small black dot on that lovely, perfect face to add a little imperfection. 
in a very conservative neighborhood like the one I grew up in, just listening to a lady by the name of Julie London sing, Cry Me a River, (laughs) was the kind of thing for which you had to go to confession on Friday night. And if you looked at the album cover, too, while you were listening, you weren't allowed to wait until Friday night. Go right now. Voices can be sexy. I had a lesson in that one night when I was on the air at NBC Radio in New York. I was doing a talk show, and my upcoming guest was in the studio with me, and we were waiting to go on the air while the NBC News guy was reading the news in that super macho tone of voice that you hear so often. You know, NBC News confirms that the world will be coming to an end right after this commercial break. (laughs) All of a sudden, this woman started laughing hysterically. I said, what's so funny? She said, I wonder how he would sound in a moment of passion, saying, I love you. (laughs) She nailed it. Both men and women hide behind phony, protective sounds on the air. And lots of times they, they do the same thing in person. So don't hide, you know, sleep naked. It's good for your melatonin. I think one of the things that gives George Clooney his terrific power over women is how he uses his voice, really. His voice sounds unprotected. It's male naked. It fits with most of the parts that he plays in his movies, too. Think I'm exaggerating? Do this. Try to, try to imagine George Clooney talking to Julia Roberts in a voice that sounds like Woody Allen. I bet George sleeps naked. I sure hope Julia does. Dick's Details, a bunch of completely unimportant stuff for you to stuff in one ear so you can squeeze the really important stuff in your life that's always whispering in your other ear. And you can just grab a grin and win. Smart guys in the white lab coats tell us there are 10 times as many bacterial cells in your body as there are human cells. Bacterial cells. So... Maybe those women I used to date before my lady Wonder Wench had a good reason for saying, you make me sick, with all of those bacterial cells. If the answer is Humphrey, what is the question? If the answer is Humphrey, what is the question? You don't know, do you? Of course not. I haven't told you, but I will tell you in a few minutes. If the answer is Humphrey, what is the question? Spies in ancient Rome used carrier pigeons to deliver intelligence, which may be where we got the expression, a little bird told me. (laughs) More news from the smart guys in the white lab coats. Ounce for ounce, grasshoppers have twice as much calcium and four times as much iron as a cow. But I don't think you want to milk a grasshopper, you know? All right, if the answer is Humphrey, the question is... What do you call a camel that doesn't have a hump? Humphrey. <laughs> you know, I'll bet camels called Humphrey probably don't have to work on Wednesdays. Because, as you know, I'm sure Wednesdays are called Hump Day. <laughs> Dicks the tails. They take your mind off your mind. A little housekeeping here. If you like these podcasts or my spoken word story CDs at DickSummer.com or my book, Staying Happy, Healthy, and Hot. Available at Amazon.com, shameless plug. 
If you like those, please tell a couple of friends, will you? Because they might like them too, and you would be doing me a favor. So thank you very much. Sleeping naked is good for you. Voices can be naked. Unfortunately, I sometimes talk in my sleep with my naked voice. And when I do, my lady wonder wench usually gives me a wifely elbow, and she says, turn over, you're talking in your sleep. I think the next time she does that, I'm going to say, you think I talk in my sleep. You should hear my wife talk in her sleep. Ooh, maybe not. I guess I have an unusual relationship with my my lady wonder wench anyway. And I, and I guess it's my fault. Probably. You know, because she must have realized that I was cheating on her one day when she found all the letters I was hiding. Thank heavens she didn't find out about my exes. But now she says she will never play Scrabble with me again. <laughs> yeah, some talk can be sexy. And some talk is definitely not sexy. And that's what I was talking about in this story from my Bedtime Stories personal audio CD. It's called Mr. Small Talk. You married Mr. Smalltalk, a nice, hard-working guy who sprays his car with air freshener and hangs his trousers up carefully before he makes love. His conversations are full of how's the weather, sports scores, kind of stuff that mostly fills empty spaces with sounds. He even asked you to marry him in small talk. He said, we could get married if you like. You were in your late 20s and very tired of the dating game. And you couldn't think of any particular reason to say no, so you said yes. Well, predictably, your marriage is like most of your conversations. Small talk casual. It's not bad, just sort of distant and... That's okay, because you like your space, and he's even got some money. You're a bright woman. You run your own business, and you ride your quarter horse in shows. You love the challenge of both. You set your own schedule, so you take time each day for a ride. The exercise feels good, and so does the teamwork that you and your horse are teaching each other. After your ride, you usually stop at a neighborhood diner for lunch and a few laughs with the other regulars. One of them is a flight instructor at the small airport down the road. You first noticed him because he was obviously trying not to notice you. He didn't stare. He just couldn't seem to stop his eyes from flicking your way. It surprised you because your everyday riding outfit is a pair of worn, stretchy jeans and an old, long-sleeved, blue turtleneck sweater under a plaid flannel shirt with a green down vest. You get muddy and sweaty when you ride and your hair gets scrunched down inside your helmet. It's not exactly sexy. His opening line was, Hi, this place is pretty crowded today. Do you mind if I share your table? He's a very ordinary-looking guy. Average height, worn brown leather jacket, couple of gray streaks and curly brown hair, Ray-Ban sunglasses, T-shirt, jeans, and scuffy sneakers. He said, I noticed that you're dressed for horseback riding. I had a horse. Most people don't understand how delicate they are for such big, powerful creatures. He spoke quietly and easily about how often horses die from things like a broken heart. He had the kind of deep, 
gravelly voice that would make you feel safe and comfortable if you were coming out of the PA system in an airliner in bad weather. You began to look forward to your lunchtime conversations. You had the kind of sense of humor that covers a deep, lonely streak, like a wound that is healed but still hurts. He's shy. He only talks about things that are important to him. Small talk is simply not his style. When he talks about the weather, it's with a pilot's respect for the life and death power of nature. But he certainly has a small life. His airplane, his collection of jazz CDs, and now his lunchtime meetings with you. He sees things that are too small for most people to notice. The way sunlight catches bits of dust in the air. The way your eyes change color when you laugh. The secrets the other diners are giving away with small changes in their body language. He's a widower. He's a little down on his luck. Flight instructors don't make very much money. Until last year, he was a co-pilot with an airline that didn't make it. His job crashed the day after his wife was killed in a traffic accident. Then one day he said, I might come out to watch you ride sometime after lunch. And today he did it. Nobody ever came out to watch you ride, even when you went to shows. He just stood outside the barn with his arms folded and... When he caught your eye, he smiled, and you were so surprised, you got off your horse, you ran over to him, and you wrapped both your arms around one of his, and you leaned your head against his shoulder. There was a trace of engine smell in the soft brown leather of his jacket, and more than a trace of surprise in his eyes. His arms automatically made a ring around your shoulders. Without thinking, you laid your cheek against his chest and you slipped your hand under his jacket and shirt and you were rubbing slowly up and down his back. He took a quick, deep breath that sounded like an old wound breaking open. And then without a word, he loosened his arms so you could step back if that's what you wanted to do. But you didn't. Because you couldn't move. The message in his eyes was steady and clear. If you stay where you are, Please don't ever expect me to be just your friend. No confusion. No protection. No words. You knew you needed to speak. You needed to say no, but you couldn't. There was only the rustle of your breathing and his quiet heartbeat. And then a deep, powerful male sound came up from somewhere unprotected inside him. It wasn't a word, it was just a sound, but it filled all the space between you with a quick, soft shock. And you were suddenly safe, but warm and dangerously naked in his arms. The time for small talk in your life may be past. Voices can be sexy, 
or not? How's your voice sounding these days and nights? The story is called Mr. Small Talk. It's from my Bedtime Story Spoken Word CD. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast. Or if you want a fresh copy, please go back to DickSummer.com and download it from the Bedtime Stories icon on the home page. So, sleeping naked is good for you. It helps your melatonin. (laughs) But how do you make your voice sound sexy? You know, I think... The easiest way to do it is to make up a story and really get into it. You know, like look, Joe Cocker did with that, that song, You Are So Beautiful to Me. The story doesn't have to be sexy. It just needs to be about something unprotected, something real. Like, how does it feel to warm somebody's cold hands? Or how does it feel to have your cold hands warmed by somebody special? Or you could just tell a story about how the taped handle of a baseball bat feels on a hot summer night. It's a feeling you'll never forget. Or you can tell about having dinner in a wonderful little restaurant in a tiny house with slanted hardwood floors. Maybe they use real fine bone china there, and they serve French toast and hot raspberry sauce with with chilled red rich wine. Or you could just tell a story about enjoying seeing a cat making a semicircle of furry contentment on a pillow. Or you could tell about eating lots of Oreo cookies and grabbing a mirror to go look at your teeth. Or you could just tell about catching the scent of clean sweat and very good perfume while you're watching and feeling someone who is so beautiful to you sleeping soundly and unprotected, naked in your arms. How would that make your voice sound, saying, I love you? Try it. Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths. Come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.